Hey y'all, welcome back to a Tuesday, May 10th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. On today's show, it's Mr. Evan Swords and Jarrett Bailey to talk all things NFL on this edition of the podcast. Uh, 49ers, uh, some comments about Trey Lance and if coaches were underwhelmed last year with him. Uh, the Steelers taking Kenny Pickett in the first round. Uh, what does the immediate future look like for Pittsburgh? Where's their hat at? Where uh, Where's Pittsburgh going in a, a very crowded AFC North, um, if the receiver position is becoming more like the running back uh, position and how it's valued around the league, uh, thanks to Peter King of NBC Sports uh, with his great piece uh, you can go check out there um, that uh, had a lot of great info on on the matter and if that's where the NFL is going. Giants releasing James Bradbury, uh, ESPN doubleheaders from Monday Night Football, and then ranking the NFC West after the draft so we get into all that and more on this edition of the chase Thomas podcast uh so before we get started in today's episode make sure you go ahead if you are already subscribed on apple podcast spotify or however you get your podcast great and if you are please uh hit that pause button right now and leave this show a five-star rating and a review on apple podcast or spotify if that is how you are listening to this very uh, podcast. It helps other people find the show and helps this show continue to grow. So please, please, please go ahead and do that today if you could. Uh, also, you can find us on YouTube, youtube.com, the Chase Thomas Podcast. That easy, that simple. Go check it out today. Uh, all of our videos, all of our video content over there on YouTube, youtube.com, the Chase Thomas Podcast. And then, of course, read me. Oh, yeah, you can read me. All my great sports stuff. Uh, SportsRenaissanceMan.substack.com. SportsRenaissanceMan. That's me. Type in your email. Become a subscriber today and never miss any written content from me. Uh, I think that'll do it. Follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas. And like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on Enveloping the NFL with old friend Jared Bailey. Jared, good evening, sir. How are you? Fantastic. You know, uh, Swords. I got a bone to pick with Uh-oh. your fan base over the past couple of days. Um. I've got a bone to pick with my fan base literally every day when I wake up. <laughs> All the time. So you're not going to find some staunch defender of them on my side <laughs> of the world. I, I've i got a list of things I could say. I could talk about them. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what's going on, Jarrett? Well, you know, I mean, I... It's, hey, you know what? Not to be that guy, but yeah. uh, you know, I read the playthrough, and uh, there's time for that. It's coming later. You know, clearly, Jarrett didn't read the, read the outline like I did. Oh. <laughs> Like I did, yeah. I'm over oh, here reading outlines, as as everyone knows that oh I do. God. He does. Yeah. Um, also here, that guy right there with the the hat backwards on YouTube.com, the Chase Thomas podcast. That you can find him there. Uh, That's actually my name. The yeah. hat backwards on Chase Thomas uh, podcast.com. Yeah, uh, Evan Swords. Evan, good evening, sir. How are you? Good, good. I am. Uh, I am dog sitting. Okay, what kind of dog? Um, uh, a little, just absolutely adorable poodle. Okay. Um, I have a photo, but he is hi- she is hiding in the background right now. Oh, in the room with What's the her name? Lady. Uh, her name is Raya. I think okay. like the last dragon or something. 
I believe you. Super cute dog, though. Uh, I would like to say, uh, I think I, I, it's incumbent on me to tell you this. I went on a hike yesterday, Mr. Chase Outdoors Thomas. Evan is back. Outdoors He's logged swords. into the chat. Outdoor swords. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was it? Where'd you go? Griffith Park. So it does the, uh-huh. like the Los Angeles, like, you know, I don't know if you ever played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, but like the Griffith it's been a Observa- while. The Observatory you could drive up to and like, you know, see. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. But uh, hey, how about this? More photos, right? I'm a photo guy now. <laughs> That's what I am. I'm a photo guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember that from Grand Theft Auto, but it was literally not. in there. Okay. But yeah, it overlooks the entire city of like literally everything in LA. It's really huh. dope. And you know, obviously you see the Hollywood sign on the right and everything. So so how'd you feel? Did you feel good? Did you feel one with nature? Like, is this going to be a more consistent thing that you're getting out there? Um, are we going to get you some LL Bean uh, cargo pants? Are we going to get you some Patagonia snapbacks? Do they zip to the LL Bean cargo pants? Do they have like I can zip the knees off? Uh, they have that for Eddie Bauer. I have those. Of course you do. <laughs> no, nah, man, the hike was good. Uh, it was like five miles total, yeah. uh, about a little over a thousand feet elevation. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a is nice this walk. a girlfriend thing though? Is she a big hiker? So now you're going to have to be, no, out? no, okay. no. She's absolutely not an outdoors person. That's why we are so mm-hmm. good together. Interesting. Uh, but it is a very LA thing. So, you know, she's okay. been here for a week. So I wanted to show her, you know, like, like I said, you get to see the Hollywood sign pretty well. It looks over, mm. I mean, literally the entire city. Um, you know, the photo obviously doesn't really, you know, do it justice. Uh-huh. But I mean to give you a concept of like what you're looking at, like oh that's nice. that's downtown LA in the background. I think I've seen this park before. It's a pretty everyone popular has. park. I think a lot of yeah, people yeah. do it. Okay, yeah, yeah, everyone has. So, uh, so it was cool to see that. Um, mm. But but no, I just wanted to show her like some LA stuff. Uh, I am, you know, in a lot better shape than I thought I was too because I was with we went with the buddy and he was getting his ass kicked. Yeah, uh, go a little bit. Going you spend up. three hours in the gym every day. What do you mean you're you were surprised by how in shape you are? Ask any any anybody that uh, wor- weights lifts weight. Uh, yeah, lifting weight and, and cardio are very different things. True, very different things. Like I True. can't. I can maybe run a mile right now. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I absolutely uh, could not. Jared, you're not a you're not a distance guy. You can you're not out here. Running I'm not a uh, I'm not a get up and move guy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not there's no reason you're in the right profession then that's yeah, exactly. uh, we don't have to get up and move very often well so. you know i used to be big into the gym like yeah. my first couple years of college like freshman year i was i was there a lot i got pretty toned i yeah. would run about two two and a half miles every day mm-hmm. um and then i'd lift so i mean i got pretty toned and then once covid hit like obviously we couldn't go to the gym um and then once it came back like i would still rock climb and whatnot but like i think i just realized lifting just wasn't like my favorite thing to do so mm-hmm. but rock climbing's fun i, I recommend that That's never fun. done that okay um i uh <laughs> i am 31 now and i just there's certain things the gym or anything else i pull stuff and i'll tear stuff and i get nervous because i'm like i am far more brittle than i used to be the only thing i can still do consistently that i'm like i'm fine is running and the thing i want to get into Wait, this were, summer is no, hold swimming. on hold on mm-hmm. you weren't joking you're 31 i am 31 um i feel like i'm in the twilight zone right now how well, old does he think so, I was? he looks so young right i thought you were like my i thought you were like 24 25 like i thought you were my age no, yeah, no sir. I'm engaged like i'm out yeah i'm extremely washed eddie bauer is on the agenda <laughs> most weeks like 
Um, I'm, he quite I'm... literally has <laughs> Matlock on a poster. I just thought that that was his thing, man. Like I, it is. It's his thirty-one-year-old thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That that took me for a loop. I thought, mm-hmm. wow, not That's, right. Not to be that guy on a sports skincare podcast. routine, Jared. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that was a compliment, by the way, Chase. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Chase, you do understand that running is yeah. like the one thing that, if you continue to do it, will destroy your legs and knees. No, that's not true. That's a that's a fault. That's that's not true. That's mm-hmm. not a thing. That's a myth. It's okay. a myth that uh, arthritis is actually they found. No, no, no not not arthritis. Just, what are you talking about? Your knees. Your knees? Ju- just a mm-hmm. lot of wear and tear on the knees, bro. Worse wear and tear is putting on too much weight. And your knees can't handle it as much if you get a little too heavy, and then the al- your the alternative can- would be lifting weights like an adult. I know where you're going with this, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a huge disconnect. There's like a rivalry between the running community and the lifting. There's community. no rivalry. There's a rivalry. I'm There's telling no rivalry. you, it's a strong one. You see it all the time no, in Knoxville. I'm you not going to partake in either of them when you're crossing the street at the Y. You never Jared, know. <laughs> you know, Jared, I I I respect that, right? You know, when you know what when you know, you know. You're like, hey, that's not my that's not my vibe. You know, True. man, I'm I'm content just being an average sized dude. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not not huge. I'm not, you know, what's the tone? I'm not lean, mm-hmm. like just sculpted out of marble. I'm just I'm just gonna cover all my insecurities with tattoos. That's what I've started to do. Hey, so. I like to do that too. So yeah, that yeah. Did you just get a new one, Jarrett? Then the latest one I have is this one. If you can see it, we go this way. It's just a small one. Okay, is that a sword, a dagger? What am I looking at? Yeah, it's just a okay. hand holding like a dagger. Okay, so you're gonna do a sleeve. That looks like a future sleeve situation. Oh, this one is a half. Yeah. So once I can't really show you like this without it looking completely. Okay. But yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, I could not withstand the pain. I'm just gonna go out there and say it. I would once you pass once out. you once you get one, you want more. I've heard that. That makes sense to me. Um, that makes sense. I just uh, got my third, and uh, the more I get, the less I want. It, oh. it hurts. <laughs> I want. I well, want. To, I, well, I, yeah. want I, I want all the tattoos, but mm. like it doesn't get better. Like it hurts. Like the last time for this, like this little tiny one where she's just doing the lines mm. of the paw print. Oh yeah, that's like, the worst. Just the dragging of the needle. It's the worst. And that's a thinner needle too, so that that probably didn't tickle, but. You know, I did all of this in one sitting, and it took like eight hours or something like that. What do you do for eight hours? Uh, watch Disney Channel, eight ice cream sandwiches, and uh, listen to One Direction. Do okay. you have to talk to the tattoo artist while that's? Oh, I love my point. So I got this when I was still in college, and I mm. he the dude who did this did all of my stuff. I love my I loved my tattoo artist. He moved to Washington State, so I can't really get. Yeah, and yeah, from yeah. now, but he was the coolest dude ever. So yeah, I could absolutely talk to him for day, for eight hours. It was great. No, but like, would you? <laughs> um, like, depends like, did on. You ever, like, did you? Because I'm like the most social person on earth, right? I'm a very social person. Yeah. But do you think like like eventually I, I would be kind of like, all right, like can I like watch YouTube or something? For a little <laughs> oh yeah, bit? like there was plenty of that. Thing? Like there was there was more conversational parts, but there was also more parts where I was just watching Zach and Cody and eating an ice cream sandwich that was the coolest part though too he's like all right this is gonna take a while so make sure you eat a little bit of sugar so he gave me an ice cream sandwich and i just thought huh. oh, it was great stocked me up on chocolate milk my girlfriend my girlfriend at the time was there she ordered chinese she sat through the entire thing too by the oh, way oh wow yeah what a trooper she was but yeah no it was it was an interesting experience it was very fun um what's not been fun uh for the last week for 49ers fans is that um coaches have reportedly been underwhelmed by Trey 
Lance in practice. We have to start with Evans, 49ers here. Uh, what do you make of this latest report that uh, Lance was underwhelming over the past year? And uh, Rich Scangarello sucks at his job. He's bad news bad. for the Kentucky Wildcats. He's the new. He's bad. He's he's Liam literally Cohen. like like look at what he's done while he's been there. Do we think that he is? The reason why Jimmy Garoppolo succeeded? No, Jimmy was going to be as good as he was in those situations because of Kyle and the scheme and Jimmy's talents as they were. Rich Scangarello hasn't made a quarterback better in I don't even know how long. Look at what he was with the 49ers prior. Like, he. So here's once again, uh, you know, I have to like, warning, I am not. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, an analyst. I'm not like a insider, but what I hear, no. Uh, Rich Gangarello never liked Trey. He doesn't like that style of QB. Uh, does he not like skin pigment? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I'm not gonna put that out there. Maybe I will. Uh, but real, really though, no joke. Like it is very rumored that like he just doesn't like mobile quarterbacks. And uh, that's what Trey is. So I'm not worried about it at all. I don't give – I really genuinely, like, I want to slow down my words while I say this for anyone that's listening. I don't take any of that seriously. Mm. No one does. No one should. It's not coaches. It was coach. It was Rich Scangarello, and he will not put his words out in the public because he has no balls. He just wants to say that. On little podcasts, oh, I like this type of QB. I like the accurate QB. I don't like mobile QBs. Yeah, you wanted Mac Jones. No one cares. Now go to Western Kentucky. If anyone no, is No, Kentucky, cur- the UK. He's okay. at the UK with Whatever. Will Levis. If you're ever curious mm-hmm. about why Rich Gangarello is not in the NFL anymore, mm. remember that he is currently talking bad about Trey Lance, right? Mm. Which means he was saying, hey, uh, Kyle, you're, you're taking the wrong quarterback. And Kyle's an, does Kyle seem like the kind of guy that likes being told what to do or that he's wrong? Kyle, looks like, the guy who, Kyle looks like the guy who sits at the end of the bar angry that he can't smoke. <laughs> yeah. He does so, have a smoker's face now. He's been through a lot. Much. I mean, I... Yes, he, he has that, like, Barack cow. Obama yeah. beginning of the presidency, mm, yes. end of the presidency If you look at him from in the Washington yeah, days with his super dad. super young. Yes. Um, no, but all jokes aside, I genuinely believe that Rich really probably pissed some people off, and there's a reason why he had to go to college. Yeah. Uh, because ev- look at every other Shanahan, McVeigh, etc., uh, you know, coordinator. They all get promotions. They all go somewhere. And all of a sudden, he's not there, and he's not in the NFL. He goes to college. No one understands why he's going to Kentucky. And he doesn't like Trey Lance. Come on. Who mm. do you who, who do you think, uh, any, other than Jarrett Bailey, because his takes when it comes to quarter, quarterbacks are just asinine, who do you think is going to have the better season this year? The, the, team, the, the quarterback who is on, what, how many wins did the Jets have last year? Three? Five. Five? Did the Jets really have five last year? I want to say they did. Maybe four. What number, what number pick did they have? Yeah. Let's go with that. They had the number two pick, number three four. pick, number four. Yeah. Okay. So the, the number four draft pick Jets, right? The Chicago Bears, who didn't really get much better. Or Trey Lance. Four wins the, last year, by the way. Yeah. The four win Jets, 
Who do we think is going to have a, a better year this year out of the three? <sighs> out of the three of who? Bears, Jets, and Niners? Yeah, and of the quarterbacks. Like, who's, oh, who's, set, up, who's set up for success more? Well, I think it's a distant last for Justin Fields. Right. And then I think um, I would guess Wilson one, Lance two. I would say, well, we'll get there. But I wholly disagree. I mean, there's no chance. I'm okay. I'm open to the argument. I guess it's just more of like I'm all in on the Jets receiving core now. Like, and then giving him Brees Hall, who's probably the best running back in the draft. I think the offensive line's gonna be better. They need Mackay Becton healthy. But I love. I don't know. I love New York's New York's draft, I, and I think I get there's that. if it doesn't work this year with the amount like Denzel Mims being his number five, like and it's never gonna work for Zach Wilson. Uh, in I, the NFL. I I get the argument. But my mm. point, I guess, that I would say is a lot of a lot of talk lately has been talking about, oh, the Niners are not – they don't believe in Trey Lance. They don't believe in his – I mean, the words were deep ball accuracy, mm. right, and arm strength. If you watch the short amount of games that he played in, two and a half games, if you watch what he did in practice, the things that were most exciting were his deep ball accuracy and arm strength. Mm. And they're trying to say that that's not – like that they're worried about that like it's not, it's all bull it's all bull <laughs> hoo-ha i can't swear on this podcast yeah bull hoo-ha yeah bull as hoo-ha. They say. it's mm-hmm. stupid it's yeah so man i don't know i'm curious to see what happens i just want to see him play like i'm over this conversation i'm over the theoretical trey lance conversation i am so over that i just i need to like we all as a nfl media uh collective just need to see Trey Lance play football for the San Francisco 49ers. We do. Like, we just, we need to get there. Um, in terms of your team, though, Jarrett, I felt well, bad on, for you. I must, quick, oh, yeah, Chase, go ahead. Before we, before we leave the 49ers, I do want to say, because one thing that I'm surprised you didn't bring up before we yeah. left the 49ers, uh, maybe you didn't see it, but the rumored schedule for the 49ers for week one and two. Mm-hmm. We got the Falcons in week two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you might have to see uh, the Trey Lance experience a little more up close than you were hoping. I mean, I want to see it. There's no not hoping. Like, this Falcon season, <laughs> I have no emotional investment. Like, it's so great because we are trying to lose football games this upcoming year. No, this is won't. not a uh, not a real season uh, for the Atlanta Falcons for the first time in my entire adult life. But uh, just, there's no reason to have a strong... Uh, emotional investment because this is a all-time rebuilding year for them uh so i don't know i'm not i'm not uh gonna live and die week to week as i've been uh, over the last 15 or so years um but we'll see i'm excited that's gonna be fun uh jared your team though i thought about uh sending you a dm in our uh in our twitter dms uh during the draft uh last week was that you were adamant you were like the one guy i just don't want them to take in the first <laughs> round you were like Malik Willis or this person or this person, you were just like, the one person I do not want is Kenny Pickett in round one. Mm-hmm. And the Pittsburgh Steelers were like, sorry, Jarrett, we got to do this, fam. Kenny yeah. Pickett, come on down. First round quarterback. Um, he has to move his locker 74 feet uh, from where he played at Heinz Field for the Pitt Panthers for the last year. Um, I don't know. Now that you've had some time, to digest the pick, to think about Kenny Pickett and in this room, how what it means for Mitch Trubisky this fall, what it means for the Steelers' chances in the AFC North, what it means for their they, what that clarifies about how they see this team and where they think they can be in the not too distant future. Where are you at, Jared? 
I'm still angry. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Um, well, I mean, I hope he proves me wrong. That's all I can mm-hmm. really say anymore. Like I, him playing well will make me happy about the pick. Until then, like I'm gonna be adamant that they should have taken somebody else. Um, the fact that Malik Willis fell third, the fact that Matt Corral fell to the third, um, Sam Howell went to Washington. So like, I would have liked to have seen all of those guys go before Pickett because you know he was at Pitt for five years. He was good for one mm. of them. And there was, I see a lot of people saying the Steelers didn't just draft Kenny Pickett because he went to Pitt. Yes, they did. Like that is the largest reason. No one will convince me otherwise that that didn't play into why they took him. Um, Do you think they wasted a draft pick on ticket sales? I don't think they would have taken it if they didn't see talent. Like I'm not saying they didn't see any talent with him whatsoever. Like obviously being in the same building as him I, I'm, I'm sure they saw something but to say that him going to pit didn't play into it to it a little bit that, no i don't buy here's, that for a second here's what i was curious about like i mean this is an absurd question but do you think if pittsburgh could have seen how the quarterback class was going to go in this like draft, if they knew if they would have known that there wouldn't have been one taken in the second i think so i think they would have waited yeah because huh. you know what i'm saying like that's that was the thing that like the quarterbacks never fell, right? And so, like, all of a sudden, you got to look at if you're Pittsburgh, you're like, man, you know, Matt, Matt Corral went where? Yeah. He went you know? 87th overall to Carolina or something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that Bailey you know, Zappi went ahead of Sam Howell. Yeah. Like, that's still, I just could not believe that that The happened. Patriots just can't draft, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, a little bit yeah. harder when you don't have Tom Brady, huh? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, look. I don't I don't want this to sound like I'm picking on Kenny Pickett the human being like he mm. seems like a good dude. I just in terms of football, I just don't see it. Well, I mean like hold on, let, we're not we're not a personality, you know, love love podcast like exactly, yeah. we're we're literally talking about quarterbacks that just got drafted. Like the sure. only thing you're going to be talking about here is their their athletic skill. Exactly. And I, I got to say, I thought it was hilarious that this entire time they're like, oh, short hands, like, can he handle the cold? It's like, he literally played there. <laughs> literally played in Pittsburgh. The, the same city. So, I mean, I, if anything, I, I would maybe say that, oh, you know, maybe he's just going to be comfortable in the moment, in the weather, in the environment. Like, you, you know, maybe and they, they look at that and they go, we like some of the intangibles. We like some, some, some of the things a lot. But I got to say, like, I just don't, like, do the Steelers have a roster? You, if you have a roster that you think is good enough to compete, you don't go get Trubisky. And if you decide to go get Trubisky, you're clearly admitting that you're not competing this year. So why take a quarterback in the first round? Why do that? Why not take someone that's just going to make your team better? Well, again, I think that... I think that they see something in Pickett, um, and they needed something for the future. Like Trubisky, like I think he's going to be fine this year. Now, this raises the question though, because Pickett is like seventy-five years old already, so they can't. <laughs> How they old can't, is he? Twenty-four. He's twenty-four. Yeah, so, so he's two years older than Trey Lance. They can't. They wouldn't benefit from benching him, and no, neither would he. Like they can't bench him for two years. Like the minimum that that that, that they can do is sit him for a maximum of this year. Maybe he takes over midseason if, if Trubisky isn't performing well enough. 
Maybe, hell, maybe he wins the job in camp. Now, if he wins the job in camp, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic because that says, okay, you know, we took this guy. He looks great. He looks pro-ready. Sorry, Mitch. But, you know. Well, I mean, let's gonna... let's remember, okay, Brandon Whedon was 28 <laughs> years old when he was drafted. <laughs> that's first... not, that's by far the worst possible thing. He could be Brandon uh, Whedon, Jarrett. Good luck, you know. But, yeah. Um, no, if Pickett... If Pickett pans out to be, I don't think he's going to pan out to be one of these elite guys. He's not going to be Justin Herbert. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. He's not going to be Kyler Murray. But if he can be Kirk Cousins, if he can be Derek Carr, that's a win. I think that's his absolute ceiling, though. I think his absolute ceiling is those two guys. I think his floor is Case Keenum. Where you know, I mean, those are he'll have, he'll have flashes in the pan, but he's not going to be anything long term or anything that you turn to to win games. So. I don't know, man. I can hope that he proves me wrong. I can hope that I've been wrong about complaining the entire time. But if Malik Willis gets in for Tennessee and starts playing well, and they both are playing at the same time, and he's and Willis is playing better than Pickett, I'm gonna be okay. Should have taken Willis, but I don't I think will... we see Willis this year whatsoever. I think he is just on ice for the full year, no matter what. I'm but... looking forward to seeing how that goes in Tennessee because you know they're throwing to me and Swords now on offense, so. Yeah. And That's like, no, don't like, don't get me wrong. I've got some deceptive speed, but still, <laughs> yeah, not not going to be much to expect. And that's nothing against Robert Woods because Robert Woods is solid, but he's not what I want in a wide receiver one. And Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, like hardy har har. You trade away AJ Brown so you can get you know, cheaper, so you don't have to pay him. I get that, but like the we saw what Tannehill was last year without a receiver in the lineup. He was terrible. Like, when he didn't have Derrick Henry to turn around and hand the ball off to, mm-hmm. he was god-awful. So, and look, there's been hey, plenty teams, of... Teams, teams have gotten played pretty poorly without DeAndre Hopkins. Well, hey... Right. It was Tennessee, that... and then you, you know, when he went to the Cardinals, same thing. Like, you need... You're talking about Houston. He was in Houston. No, wait, Nuke, DeAndre Hopkins Nuke, was in Nuke was, didn't... No, no. Wait, who am yes. I thinking of? AJ Brown was in Julio, Tennessee. Julio, Julio, Julio was in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Mm, and then Tennessee, yeah. No, but yeah, you're you're right though. You need if you have a quality receiver, your team will do better. Well, we'll get into that because there was a really good uh, piece by Peter King that I want to touch on uh, that everyone should go check out on NBC Sports today. Um, that touched on that a little bit, so we'll get into that in a second. But in terms of Pickett, what I think is so interesting is like. Um, they make so i think he wins the job in camp i don't think they take him there if they the plan is not to start picket week one like we need to see what we have because i don't think they want to be in a situation where they have to wait and see and if he's bad that's the thing they don't have really the time to wait and see with him he's 24 they got to do this exactly soon. but like the, go can finish your thought chase before well i think go. If you look at the contract for Trubisky, that was a backup contract. When you look at the numbers for what Trubisky got from the Steelers, I don't think the plan was for him to just have a cakewalk into being the start of this fall. It was more of like adding depth and Ben being gone, and we just need more vets in the room, and that he was good in Buffalo. And, hey, we'll take a flyer. He's a flyer guy. Josh Dobbs is out the building. He's in Cleveland. So they just needed to replace some bodies. Um, I just... I think it's interesting because the Steelers are one of those teams around the NFL that I don't think have, with Rooney at the helm, have any interest in bottoming out. And I think Pickett is a we're not bottoming out kind of pick where it's like, hey, look at what we've won with 
the 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 corpse of Ben Roethlisberger the last couple <laughs> the years. Walking like, mummy that exactly. Like just look at what the Steelers were two years ago. I it was fool's gold. We all saw that, but it was still something where it was like they racked up the wins. And if you're a fan, you were like, well, maybe if everything works out the way we want it to, then Roethlisberger might be just good enough for us to win a Super Bowl with how stacked we are everywhere else. And when you have Minka Fitzpatrick, when you have TJ Watt, when you have Chase Claypool, when you have what they have, and you invested in a running back last year, Najee Harris, I think their thinking is that, like, hey, we just need to get, like, there's no way Kenny Pickett can be worse than what we've gotten from Big Ben in production the last couple of years. And if that's the case, if he's close and he is in what we saw this past year at the other pit, then look, man, the AFC North, uh, Deshaun Watson's a question mark. Who knows with Lamar Jackson week to week? Um, the Bengals, they're going to be really good again. But like, hey, we don't bottom out in Pittsburgh. And that message to fans is like, we're not taking a huge risk on a Malik Willis who didn't run a pro style offense. And that was something I was listening to uh, other uh, NFL draft guys. I think it was uh, on Stock Exchange, but I could be wrong. That made a good point that. Pickett was the only quarterback, really, among the top quarterbacks outside of Sam Howell who ran a bunch of pro stuff that faced defenses that threw a bunch of different uh, NFL-type schemes at him and that he was put in a lot of situations. I mean, they played Tennessee this uh, in week two. I saw him uh, up close, and he was really good in that game, and that they won in an upset. But, like, I... I just it's interesting because Malik Willis in that Liberty offense was not NFL stuff that he was running Matt Corral was doing over 50% RPOs at Ole Miss and he was doing a lot of freelance stuff so it's like with all that being said I think I understand the order of operations for Pitt but I also would not be surprised if this is just like a short-term stopgap to keep this thing humming and we're not bottoming out because that's not what we do in Pittsburgh. Is that a fair characterization, Jared? Well, the, the thing with the Steelers, like, there's got to be people who release their own prediction saying, oh, the Steelers are going to win six games. No, they're not. Mm. Mike Tomlin is far too good of a coach. Yes. The Steelers have far too good of a roster. Like, They're going to win a few games that they probably shouldn't based off of Tomlin and uh, just his coaching alone and just mm-hmm. that never-say-die attitude that they have. Um, now, I will say this, though, saying that there's no way he could be worse than Ben's pr- production. Ben, it wasn't Ben's production. It was Ben's arm. It was just his yeah. arm was absolutely dead. So it's not as if Ben was playing horrible. They, you know, Obviously, they got to the playoffs by some grace of God. Um, and when, say what you want about Ben's play last year and how it was, you know, a ghost of himself. When it was time to win games, he was still capable of doing that. Um he led the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks, which is still the most ungodly stat of 2021 to me. I don't know how that happened, but it did. Um, so Kyle Pitts not scoring a touchdown in 2021 was also a pretty, pretty wild stat. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, I mean, look, I just think that people are being a little optimistic. Like there's a lot of people on both ends of the spectrum, like people who are diehard pickers saying he's pro ready now. He should have came out last year. He, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's going to be an immediate starter. He's going to be rookie of the year. Like there are Pittsburgh radio personalities, uh, Andrew Filippioni, who's going to be the most annoying human being on Twitter. That's why I have him muted. Um, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I just can't stand his takes. Um, and he's he are as soon as they took Pick, he said, "Oh, Kenny Pickett's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and the Steelers are going to the playoffs." And I immediately was like, "I'm done with you already, bro. Like I'm not listening to this for." For six months, I'm done. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the only thing that I'll say because the the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh last year was an ins- absolutely like 
One, I think it'll go down in history as one of the most bizarre seasons ever. It was yeah. an had, house. It had, was the weirdest thing. They had wins against the Ravens twice and Buffalo Bills. But other than that, their wins were the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Bears, right? Like the Titans. Like, I apologize, Jarrett, because I know it's your team and you love them dearly. But like, you need to really understand something. They just brought in Mitch Trubisky and a rookie that not many people think is very good. Like, this idea of, oh, Mike Tomlin's going to save them. They'll still have a decent year. He won eight games with Mason Rudolph and a duck, Evan. It doesn't matter. that You can't do that. It doesn't just guarantee that it'll happen. They won nine games last year, but they were a five-win football team. Period. That's and what now, great coaching does for you. And yeah, and it, no, that, that's what great coaching does for you and a quarterback that's been in the system for 800 years <laughs> and they know exactly what they want to do in exactly the moment they need to do it. He just physically couldn't do some of the sure. throws. You're now going into a situation where Mitch Trubisky is bad. Like, Jarrett, I understand you might not understand that, but let me say it again. Mitch Trubisky is bad. There's not going to be a Ryan Tannehill situation here. He's not going to, oh, no, he's bad. I don't think, I've never once claimed he's going to have a Ryan Tannehill turnaround. Dog, he's bad, like with a capital B. So, yes, Chase, absolutely. Kenny Pickett is going to win that starting position. Not because he's some talented rookie quarterback. It's because Mitch Trubisky sucks, bro. (laughs) <laughs> like the t- like I promise you the Steelers if they win 8 wins if they win 8 wins build a statue not for Mike Tomlin he's getting one period just build a statue just for the 2022 season and that's how many they ended up winning a statue year? yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they had 9 it's wins not, last year 9 okay the the Steelers did I mean once again they somehow beat the Ravens twice when the Ravens were significant well because they're not afraid of Lamar Jackson I know. I get that. But still, like, that should have never happened. I don't know that it happened. If they play 100 games, I don't think that they win 50. So hey, just, a, just another fun fact. Lamar Jackson never beat a Steelers team led by Ben Roethlisberger, and he's only beat them once in his career. But huh. and, and, and if not for Juju Smith-Schuster fumbling in overtime, after they deferred to the Ravens in overtime, he probably would still be like, and like I, And like I said, Jared, Ooh. there has been some magic in Pittsburgh for a very long time, and that magic has clouded your judgment. <laughs> There oh, no, are the some thing. there's some dark times ahead for you and your Steelers, oh, no. uh, and I and I need you to just just understand that it's coming. Let me let me say this: I'm a realistic Steelers fan, where I can look at them and say, "Look, this isn't a contending team. This is a team that now would I be surprised if they only win you know seven games or so? No, you know, I don't think that they're gonna not go under 500 ever again. Um, although they haven't done so since 2003. Yeah. Uh, so. That said, you know, I have seen what Mike Tomlin can do with nothing at the quarterback position. This is better than what they had that year. Um, and then defensively, they're still very good. And skill position-wise, they're better than what they were last year. Um, they do have... What do you... So, they have, a, I think, I dare to say, an easy schedule next year. That's what I'm saying, Swords. <laughs> uh, but no, no, no. I, no I, this has done nothing for my changing of my opinion. Like, to me, an eight-win season for them is going to be impressive. Like, I think it'll be eight or nine wins. I think their that's, quarterback that's situation. The their quarterback situation is terrible. They're going to, like, you're, that running back of yours, like, oh, they're oh, he's a workhorse last year. He's going to be a workhorse this year. I was going to say, he's going to have, like, two 
two more really solid seasons and he's going to crap out and then it's going to be just another Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley situation, which is a shame because I love Najee Harris. But yeah, man, like, look, skill position wise, I mean, they've got Deontay Johnson. They've got George Pickens now. Um, Chase Claypool will more than likely be gone here in the next few years because they're going to pay Pickens or Deontay. Um, I wouldn't ha- count your chickens before you hatched, uh, before they hatched with uh, George Pickens as a local Georgia guy um, and very familiar with the the collegiate work of Mr. George Pickens. I would, um, I would just uh, wait and see on that one. I'm fine with him being the third receiver. I mean, putting him in the slot, yeah. that's fine. Oh, it's not a talent thing. Like he is, it's it's one thousand percent not a talent thing. It's a other thing, an off the field thing. And hey, that um, guy likes to party. Well, no, it's more than that. Like he got in a fight with a Georgia Tech player with his helmet on and got uh, suspended for the SEC title game. He uh, pretended to pee on a Tennessee football player on the Tennessee Georgia game with his water bottle. He's got to fit right into the Steelers wide receiver tradition then, because all of them are yeah. nutcases. Yeah, um, absolutely. I would just say I he'll just, be doing TikToks with a gun. <laughs> that's gonna be the next upgrade. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gonna combine everything. But no, no, but yeah, Mitch Trubisky sucks. <laughs> That's all the swords wanted to get through. Now I'll, yeah, I'll end with the Steelers on this. They still got a very good defense with a lot of pieces coming back that weren't there for the majority of last year. They added Levi Wallace from Buffalo. They brought back Akella Weatherspoon. They got depth at cornerback. Their front seven's very good. I think that they can eight or nine wins is their cap. I don't. I would be astounded. I will run shirtless, <laughs> naked through the streets of Pittsburgh if they won 10 games. Like, that, here, that would blow my mind. You know what the one thing that we're, like, not, maybe not next year, but, like, going forward, they have Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Yep. Like, and they decided to and they decided to go with Kenny Pickett. I don't think that's long term. Like, and who knows how many games Watson's playing for the Browns this year? That's um, what I did. I, did, I, that's why I said not this year, but I'm saying. I mean, going... we don't know what his future's like. Who knows? Deshaun Watson's a huge wild card. You cannot plan for that. And the bad juju of how they handled Baker, who just I hope the best for that guy because it's just what they did to Baker in the last few months is just not uh not a good thing not a good way of doing business i'm fine if i never hear from baker mayfield like Ooh, disagree I, I hope he winds up in houston and, and balls out that's my oh, look, and that's, that's fine my... like i don't necessarily have anything personal against baker mayfield i, th- I just think he's a crybaby no i'm a gran- baker guy well i gran- mean like granted look granted look at jimmy garoppolo yes. look at jimmy garoppolo Thank you. yeah mm. there is a way to act professional in the nfl and there is a way to not and Jimmy has shown time and time again that as much as you could say about how much you maybe would like him to be a better quarterback in certain aspects of his game, the dude is a stone-cold Subway representative professional. Subway representative. <laughs> Those commercials are incredible. Uh, I've never seen one. Is he do, he does Subway it, commercials? Yeah, oh, it's so, so cringy. Is it local it, San no, Fran? No, first or? off, they're not, they're not cringy. They're good. They're funny. <laughs> let me, like let me plug in my computer real quick. The the first uh, the first uh, commercial was like him doing like they're doing like an Italian sub and he's mm. like this sub's as good as my Nona used to make or something like that and it just like went to this Italian lady and she's like I don't even cook mm. so <laughs> that's wild um, well you know we'll see we'll see uh, Evan while Jarrett's getting ready here I want to throw this he is at you wrestling with his laptop <laughs> he is re- like. <laughs> He is a wrestling guy, so he might be wrestling. Oh, Jared's not wrestling guys. So uh, wrestling with your laptop. Yes. Oh. Um, I got Jeff well, Hardy right there. There you go. Always watching over my shoulder. Uh, Swanton always waiting to happen. 
um peter king had a really good piece uh, i love reading his stuff on monday mornings uh for nbc sports formerly of si he had this little i pulled this from uh, the story that he used when he was talking to another gm and this has to do with receivers and it speaks to what you guys were talking about earlier with aj brown and uh, traylon burks in tennessee so from the article uh King quotes a uh, anonymous GM in the NFL, and he said, quote, I could see the receiver position becoming like running backs. Get as much out of the receiver in his first contract, and then after four or five years, let him go and draft another one high. There are so many good receivers now, I'm not sure they're all going to get paid going forward. Um, you're nodding your head, Jarrett. What do you what do you think of that quote from that GM? Yeah, no, that I think that we're seeing that around the league. Um whether it's Kansas City dealing Tyreek Hill, whether it's the Titans dealing uh, A.J. Brown, uh, receivers are just becoming a dime a dozen at this point. There's so many good ones um, that come out every year. Um, I will say this, though. The fact that we're finding more and more, like D.K. Metcalf was a third-round pick. Deontay Johnson was was a third-round pick. Terry McLaurin didn't go in the first round. Like, Aside from very few exceptions, like Justin Jefferson, who played really well, and Jamar Chase, even Justin Jefferson is playing well. The Vikings haven't won anything with him. Like, you can, if you're a team who needs uh, a receiver, you can wait till these second, third rounds and get really good talent. And, you know, I think that we're going to start seeing a lot more of that where, you know, instead of paying a guy like a Tyreek Hill, you know, you can kind of risk it trade them away get a good haul of picks and then see if one of those hit on another good receiver you know they just drafted sky more the chiefs did we'll see how he pans out um but yeah no i 100 percent agree and it, look it's not fair per se you know especially for a guy like aj brown who has been you know alongside with derrick henry the heartbeat of that titans offense for the past few years um but look you know he'll get paid in philadelphia he'll get rewarded for it he's just getting rewarded for it by a different team um now, it definitely doesn't help that, you know, the Jaguars reset the wide receiver market by giving a third receiver $20 million a year. But, you know, I do think that as receivers become more and more easy to find in terms of top talent, uh, top young talent especially, yeah, we're going to see them become more less of a premium in terms of getting paid. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that what the way he said it is true. And that it's going to reset the entire... No, I don't think so. I think that exists within the running back group because the running back position as a whole sees significant more wear and tear on the player. Oh, period. So do I think that this is going to be a more prominent thing? Sure, right? We saw it this season. I think it'll happen again. But overall, I think the receiver position will be easier to sign contracts then the running back position, which I think is essentially what he's trying to compare it to. Period. I think we're in the we're in the process right now of seeing some very specific situations, right? Like Tyree Kill, him leaving. You know, I I don't know that that was all just money. I think you know there you know he already had a ring, right? Like he they, they did a lot have a lot of success. They were like looking to you know continue that success that the team has. Uh, AJ Brown straight up didn't want to, you know, deal with the team. He was like, I'm, you know, like, here's what I want. Here's the money. And then the team was like, no, we're not going to pay you period. Right. They never even made an offer for 20 million. So like if Debo were to get traded, I would maybe say, okay, yeah, we're there too. 
But I think the 49ers are still working on a deal with Debo, and they want him to sign. And even that, though, that goes against the argument that the guy's trying to say. I think there's a couple situations that was like, ah, this might might be weird. But I don't think it's a long-standing uh, effect we're going to see overall. Jared, do you think it's like an 11 personnel thing a little bit? Because you just need three guys now a lot of times, or sometimes four guys, where just allocating that much money Sorry, to I'm one of the spots. Sure um, <laughs> somebody's not sure about that. Uh, but I wonder how much of it is that, like, it's, and it kind of speaks to that argument about paying running backs. Is like a lot of teams, you need a multi- multiple running backs because it's not – you're not going to bet on them to be able to do the Derrick Henry thing for 17 games plus a p- playoff run. It's just not its not realistic. And I wonder if part of that uh, is in their line of thinking where they're like, look, man, we, <laughs> we, I, I wonder if it's partly that. But it's also like if you're a Patriots fan, you're like, well, we don't have a choice. We have not been able to draft and develop a receiver in the Bill Belichick area. Like we've gone through so many chad jacksons in our lives that like that's just not kimbrell tompkins uh aaron Dotson. like it just you can go up and down the list and it just it doesn't work for them and not everyone can be the steelers or the Bengals where they just draft <laughs> some all pro guys it seemingly every year and they just know how to draft and develop and uh get a lot out of them when they're on their rookie contracts and Jamar Chase was an absolute steal for the Bengals, and having T. Higgins in the contract that he is, he's currently on for Cincinnati, where he'd be a number one in a lot of teams. Like that obviously benefits teams who are trying to win now, where they can they don't have to allocate that money and they can put it somewhere else instead of the receiver room. Um, but I just think it's one of those things where I think it's a team by team perspective, and I think you have to. There's not this universal uh, structure that you have to have in terms of paying receivers, um, but I do think it is. It's like one of those things where it's like everyone can't be the Rams and your lesson from the Rams and how less need has built that team should not be, oh, that's how we got to pivot. That's what we should try and uh, emulate. It's like, well, most of the times that will end up in flames. Like most of the times that will not work, that strategy. But it worked for them, which is fine because it's different. But the strategy of getting out of receiver contracts before they become toxic or before it becomes a problem, I think will work for more teams. But that doesn't mean it should be the case uh, universally is that does that make sense well I, I think i like the the whole personnel thing that you brought up because the perfect example for this is a team like baltimore mm-hmm. who don't necessarily run through their receivers they just yeah. traded away marquise brown they're one there's i had matt verderam fan cited on my show today and uh he he gave me a stat you know how many combined receiving yards the current depth chart of ravens receivers has i think it's a thousand a thousand, a thousand twenty two you know how much rashad bateman accounts for Ooh. 550 of it. He counts for more than half of the entirety of the career receiving yards for the current Ravens depth chart. Well, I mean, so, they're a running team, so... And that's, I think that plays into what Chase is saying. You know, if you're a team like Baltimore who runs through your running backs and your tight ends, you're not necessarily worried about the receiver position too much. Mm-hmm. You can get it, you know, a serviceable guy or a couple serviceable guys to be, you know, your main quote-unquote targets as receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that team runs through the running backs and Mark Andrews um, and obviously what Lamar Jackson does. Um, so if you're more like a team who, let, let's say the Rams, who live and die by what Cooper Cup does, what Robert mm. Woods is doing, what Van Jefferson is doing, they just brought in Allen Robinson. Like, for them, like, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they're going to end up paying Cooper Cup and what that comes to and how that's going to reshape everything. Because we've seen them go through different things where they paid Brandon Cooks, they paid Todd Gurley, um, they paid Jared Goff. Um, I'm interested to see how they do do with this next cycle of, of guys because Cooper Cup is in there, and I want to. It's going to be interesting to see how they attack this whole you know thought on the uh, the receiver position. Yeah, 
I think so. Um, Giants, they released James Bradbury, who is a good player and someone that they, uh, I think, would like to still have. Um, where do you think he goes, and how much does this hurt the Giants uh, in 2022, Jared? Dave Gettleman should be arrested, first of all. <laughs> um, everything that he did to that team is just criminal. Uh, that said, I mean, yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams that want James Bradbury. He is a good player. Uh, I would keep an eye on the Raiders, who can hmm. use a little bit of help at cornerback, especially when the rest of the AFC West has decided to stockpile different players like their Infinity Stones. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that James Bradbury to Vegas could be um, something to watch out for. Maybe Pittsburgh. I mean, they could use you know one more defensive piece, but I think the Raiders is one that I would, if I had to bet on where he'd go, I think Vegas would be a pretty good bet. Do you think he's a fit potentially in San Francisco, Evan, or no? Yeah, absolutely. I think he he would be a great fit in San Francisco, and they don't do it. <laughs> As is the way of life in San Francisco, of course. I think having him next to Chardavius Ward would be dope, mm-hmm. and it would be great to have. And I, I'm you know, I don't ever want to see Dante Johnson on the field with the San Francisco 49ers again. If you guys don't know who Dante Johnson is, that means that the world for you is normal. But for me, Dante Johnson is this fairly serviceable cornerback that has been just, I mean, literally, literally for the last six years, signing and getting cut and signing and get it cut. And like, I would just like that depth chart to just like get a little bit better to knock him out. Mm. So, he, so he can just retire. He's had a good NFL career that would not exist for the 49ers. And I think, yeah, Bradbury would be like, it would be great in that scheme. I mean, he would love, absolutely love the help that the defensive line would give them. I mean, he would just, he, it would be, I mean, it would be an incredible scheme for him to be in. It would be incredible defense for him to be in. And he has star talent all around him. It'd be dope. Indianapolis could be a team to watch out for too. I mean, Ooh. I know that they already added Gilmore, um, mm. but you know, for a team like that, who, I think is going to be relying on their run game and their defense to try to make any sort of run. I mean, you can never have enough good defensive backs. Chargers, too. Hmm. Why the hell not? Yeah, the rich can get richer here. Why not? Yeah. Hmm. You can never have, like, if you're a contender, you can never have too many corners. No. Like, you can never you can never have too many. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, just look at the Eli Apple snaps uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> this past year. That might be the difference. They resigned um, him, too. Yeah. Well, they didn't have much of a choice. Like, there's not a lot of depth there. They just have to... I don't know. We'll see. The Bengals secondary is an interesting uh, conundrum. I think the safety spots are in good shape. I think they're set there for at least another year. The corner depth, though, a little. Oh, yeah, I mean, Jesse Bates and Von Bell are both very good. Yeah, both of them and then they just drafted Dax Hill. Yeah, they did. And both of them are going to, look, both of them balled out on their run to the yeah. Super Bowl. Like, there's this weird myth that Joe Burrow played, like, was the one who carried them to the Super Bowl. Like, that was stretch their defense is what got them there, especially in the Tennessee game because Joe Burrow was sacked 97 times. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And look, it's a pain because I know that Bengals fans wanted to see Jesse Bates get an extension. Um, it, this could very well be his final year in Cincinnati. And the fact that they just drafted Dax Hill kind of speaks mm. more to that. Um, so, uh, but regardless, you know, he deserves his flowers for how well he played, especially against Kansas City. Um, yeah, he's both of them are, are very good. Last thing, and we'll do our main event here. Um, ESPN Monday Night Football double headers are a thing. We know we're getting that week two for sure. I think they haven't really they haven't uh, announced more than that, but it seems like that is something we're going to see more of. Um, Evan, what do you what do you make of that? A double dipping on Monday Night Football is another thing to draw up interest 
on the ESPN Monday Night product. I don't know if it's like drawing up interest. Is it just a matter of that is the way of the world? The NFL is the most dominant sport. Let's get, hey, come on, guy. Get that video. Why is that so blurry? Yeah, this is what the podcast people want to hear. Me trying to adjust <laughs> my video because it won't. There. Oh, oh, maybe. Okay, great. Where's Puddle and Mud when you need them? <laughs> great song. Um, you know, I, the, the NFL is the most dominant sport, period. It's not even close. And I think, you know, I always, we talked a little bit about, you know, Christmas games mm. and now this. Like, I want to see a world where we can get as much football as possible while also not terrorizing the bodies of these players. Um, and I know that's really hard to balance. I thought that the Thursday game was kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I would Thursday actually sucks. I would prefer just a Friday game. I would prefer Friday games instead of Thursday. The reason why, I don't care about your high school football or whatever weird <laughs> shit How you're going to say. How dare that. you? I, I don't care at all. High school football is king, sir. Dude. No, royalty has to be no, protected not. at all no. costs. Yeah, it does. It has to be protected. Listen, the dads, mm-hmm. the students, and the moms can all go watch their little kids play football. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world can go and watch the NFL. No, no we got to we got to preserve the the ambiance and just the the beautiful pureness that is high school football on Friday night lights in the south. Can't that's can't that's what's going. That. Nothing is going to change though. No, it's Not- it's sacred. Saturdays are for college football until bowl season, and Fridays are for high school football. Like NFL gets every other day. I th- you just got to stay away from Friday and Saturday. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. They don't have to do anything. They are the most dominant team in sport, you know, in or the most dominant sport in the in the in the world, and they absolutely don't have to. They, you know, they could have every day if they wanted to, if they thought they could get away with it, but they physically cannot do that to players. I wish they would just get rid of the Thursday game altogether because the Thursday hmm. games suck. I'm not a fan of Thursday. It should be Friday. It's 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 no no no. Friday. I want Sunday and Monday. That's all I need. Like, I'm I mi- Sunday, Monday too, yeah, but I'm saying uh, you, they, they're going to get their extra day. I miss the days of uh, just Sunday and Monday games. Those were, those were the days. Um, I, I'm not a Thursday night football fan. I do, do not like it. Now, granted, it does start the weekend sooner and gives us something else to talk about, I guess. So it's nice for that respect, but no, I, I think that the only Thursday that should feature NFL football is Thanksgiving. Hmm. Uh, it makes it feel more special. Uh, that said, I'm looking forward to Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. I think they're going to do very yeah. well. This is Agreed. the best. This is the best lineup of primetime commentator t- commentation teams that we've had maybe ever because it got Herbstreit and Michaels, mm-hmm. and then Sunday we'll have Tarico and Collinsworth, and then Monday night we get Buck and Aikman. Like that's a hell of a lineup for for primetime games. Like primetime football is going to be very well mm-hmm. commentated, which I'm which I'm very happy about. And they still haven't announced who the number one broadcast booth is going to be on Fox, right? I think it's going to be um, Burkhart and Kevin Burkhart. Yeah, but I don't probably know if they... Greg Olson. He was good. I hope it's Greg. Greg. I think was it's going to be year. Olson. Yeah. If because there's anybody I... who deserves it, it would be Olson. And I, I would have liked to see someone like Kenny Albert get it because I do love Kenny Albert. Hmm. I think that he's very good. Um, you know what I would love to see is if clatt and gus johnson just decided to take the the nfl spot that would make me so happy just to have gus johnson be the uh the voice of the most important game of the nfc every week mm. that would make me very happy yeah Agreed. i wouldn't hate that i wouldn't hate that 
Um, to wrap, I want to get y'all's perspective on this, and this is right up Evan's alley. So um, I want to now that the draft is over, is a lot of trades card? are done. We have a pretty good idea of where we're at uh, with the NFC West. Evan, if you had to do your one through four post draft in the NC in, in NCIS, great show, uh, <laughs> the NFC West, um, how would you do it on May 9th, twenty twenty two? So who is the best teams or the yeah. best draft? Who do you think? No. Who do you think right now, it, when you look at the rosters, post-draft, post-free agency, where they're at, how would you rate? Seahawks number four. four. <laughs> well, let's get that out of the way. Um, you know, honestly, I will forever be optimistic about the quarterback position of the San Francisco 49ers. For whatever, for better or for worse, that is the thing that I've been doing since the day I was born, and it just built in me. I will defend Alex Smith, I will defend Colin Kaepernick, and I will defend Jamie Garoppolo, and now here I am, to no surprise, defending Trey Lance. So if Trey Lance comes in this year and and does above average if he lives up to 80 percent of what we think he can do in the second year i think the 49ers are the best team in the nfc west hmm. genuinely i think they right now they have if you don't consider the quarter like other than the quarterback position they have a significantly better roster than the rams i don't care i absolutely believe that they just lost andrew whitworth they just lost you know et cetera et cetera et cetera um i believe that they did add some things, yes, but I believe they have a better roster. And I think if Trey comes in, and remember, all he has to do is, all he has to do is do better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all he has to do. If he can run a little bit, if he has a little bit more of a deep pass than Jimmy had, if he can open up some of those plays that Kyle hasn't been able to use, I think you see an offense that already was, you know, outstanding. On top of that, they they added another running back. To a team that, you know, Kyle basically all of last year didn't have his run game going the way he is. And that's when Kyle's at his best, when he has his run game going the way he wants. So if Trey Lance does the bare minimum, I think they're the better team. That said, if Trey Lance, which he absolutely could do, struggles, or maybe it's just not ready, maybe he needs some actual game time because of the things we've talked about before, coming from a team where he only played so much in college right? Didn't play last year. If he does struggle, then we'll say the Rams. And I, you know, and I, I can tip my cap to that. They won the Super Bowl. Not a problem admitting that. Uh, but the Seahawks are last. Uh, the Cardinals are third. I don't, there's too much going on with that team in general. Um, I think they're a good team, but I think the, I think the Niners have the best roster. The Rams have continuity. They just won the Super Bowl. You know, they added some pieces, even though they lost some pieces. They're both in really good positions. I think the Cardinals were never really, really at the level of, like, Super Bowl, content, you know, competing. Like, contention, like they can they could get there. And now you have the whole Kyler Murray situation this offseason. That's kind of still lingering. I'm very comfortable putting them at third. Mm. What about you, Jarrett? The Rams are one. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford's fantastic. They just added Allen Robinson to go along with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, they've lost pieces. Losing Whitworth isn't you know ideal, obviously, but uh, you know they they knew they knew that this was going to be happening eventually. Um, but they also added Bobby Wagner to go along with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So uh, to uh, me, like they're just star-studded. Um, Bobby Wagner was bad last year. 
It was not great. We can agree to disagree on certain things, I suppose. Like, look, Bobby Wagner has carried a god-awful Seattle defense for a long time, and eventually that was going to weigh on him as he gets older. I think the fact that he's going to have a lot more support around him in Los Angeles is going to help him elevate his game. Um, So, I mean, they're still star-studded. Maybe not as deep as other teams, but when it comes to, you know, they've got the best head coach in the division. McVay is fantastic. I think they're the best run team in terms of organization. Like, I think Les Snead's been a fantastic GM. What makes Kyle, what makes him better than Kyle? Well, he's had do more you, success than Kyle Shanahan. Do you has. think Kyle? Do you think the 49ers would have won a Super Bowl last year if they got Matt Stafford? Because the Niners do almost beat the Rams and went to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. If the script was flipped, do I think so? What if the 49ers had Stafford and the Rams had Garoppolo? Is that what you're asking me, or is it just the Niners were a couple plays away from the Super Bowl? They beat them in the in the season. Right, like, if the Rams last year had Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners had Matt Stafford, the Niners would have boat raced the Rams. I think Sean McVay is an incredible coach. And I think long-term will be as good as any coach, period. But Kyle Shanahan owns that man. I think that's a the weird numbers argu- are there. I think that there's a, that's a weird argument to make, just because like that. You could say that for anything though. Like, okay, if McVeigh had a le- a worse quarterback and Shanahan had a much better quarterback, I think they're both like near. There's not like a giant like a mile distance, but I think they're both very close. What like, we're would... talking about though is how they've consistently beat the Rams despite the absurdity of the quarterback position that has been in San Francisco you know, for however many years. They, they, what, they, that was their first win against the 49ers in, like, what? Well, let's not act as if the Rams were loaded at the quarterback position either. They were fielding Jared Goff. So right. It, yeah, and that's my point, though. Like, it wasn't until they got Matt Stafford that they were able to win one of the games. And I think Matt Stafford's an incredible quarterback. But the argument is whether or not... You said Sean McVay's the best coach in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. He he learned from Kyle. Well, that's fine. You could say that Kyle's better. I'll say that McVay's better. That's fair. And that's yeah. why I love you. We are very capable of disagreeing <laughs> with each other. That's fine. And, and regardless, like, I, I'm not going to even argue too much saying that Shanahan's a better coach. Like, I, I don't think that there's much distance between the two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can make a case for either one. I personally yeah. would choose McVay. And, like, if I was starting a team now and I had to pick between the two, I would choose McVay. Um, I think the more important thing is just that, like, do you have a coach that you know can win a Super Bowl? And you, you know, yeah. and, I mean, that's all you really want is, are they a game changer in that regard? Are they, are they someone that, um, because if you're, another thing I think about is, like, if your coordinators get picked off, are you still okay with this guy leading your team? And it's like, McVay's gone through the coordinator cycle and been fine. Sure. Shanahan's gone through the coordinator cycle and been fine. I think that matters a lot more uh, than people give credence to is like, are you okay when you get pulled um, and when you get pillaged um, yeah. throughout the league? I, um, for me, I think right now I go one Rams. I go two Niners. I go three Seahawks and oh, four Cardinals. Chase. Oh, Chase. So here's the thing. Pete no, Carroll, dude. do I no, believe dude. in back-to-back bad years? No, dude. They draft Charles Cross, left tackle. We'll see what uh, Abraham Lucas is at the right tackle spot. You still have Matt Calf. You still have Lockett. 
Why are you doing this? How long are they going to have Metcalf, though? Like, that's not good. Well, I think he's, he's there for this there. year, at least, and he's going to see how this year goes. Why are we talking about Drew Locke? So, here's the thing. The Cardinals are extremely combustible right now. Hopkins is missing how many of the first, what is it, six or seven? It looks like six, but he's going to appeal. Okay. That is, by the way, we didn't talk about that. That's a big deal. It, it is 100% sure. a big deal. And Hollywood Brown is a fine player. He is not even in the same stratosphere uh, of importance as DeAndre Hopkins is to that team. Hopkins yeah, is like in for Hollywood every Brown. play for the Cardinals. Like he plays every play for them. Sure. And he's just, I, I still would, like if you told me that he was the best receiver in football, like I would, like it, I, I wouldn't push back too hard against that. So he's gone. The weird stuff with Kyler this offseason. I think there's a lot of pressure on Cliff to expand his offense, to get more imaginative, to use D-Hop in different ways, to use Rondale Moore, the Swiss Army knife they brought him from Purdue this past year, who I liked a lot. He wasn't a factor last year. Isabella obviously didn't work as a downfield guy, but they need to really look different. They need to really prevent a late-season just fall down everything falls apart at the seams and they're not going to be able to do that because they don't have d hop this first party i just think there's a lot of scenarios and i don't like the vibe around arizona right now where i would bet on the seahawks going seven and ten and just being painfully average with drew lock or gino whoever wins that job with the rest of the pieces they have around them and could see a just everything goes south and everything goes sour in Arizona. And if it does, then they're going four and 13. They're going like Kyler's asking out. This is going bad, bad. I could see the season from hell for Arizona. Like that's, that's where I'm at right now. I could see it. I can definitely, I can see how you're putting that together. Mm. However, Kyler Murray is just violently good. Yeah. Murray is fantastic when completely healthy. Now, this also, it's going to be important to see how there's how the schedule comes out because if their first six games are winnable, you know, if they can go four and two in their first six, if anything, that could be a net positive for them. You get a fresh D hop for the rest of the season, not getting, you know, the wear and tear of six other games. That's, that's big. Um, and not to mention the fact, like, I understand that um, Chandler Jones is no longer there. Mm. Um, but Chandler Jones, I mean, he's aging right now, and I think that they, you know, they still got Zayvon Collins, Buda Baker, like they still got guys on that defense as well. Mm. Uh, James Conner was turned out to be a solid pickup and fit in his role very well. Um, so, roster wise, I would put the Forty ers too. But the fact that Kyler Murray to me is just fantastic enough to elevate this team, I think that I, I think the the Cardinals, as of right now at least, we'll see how the schedule falls and how. You know, because that matters in terms of, you know, what order they're playing who and how things shape out. But as of right now, I think that the Cardinals would finish with at least a, the same record as the 49ers. If they both would go 9-8, and eight, that wouldn't surprise me. And then yeah. the, the Seahawks, I just think, are a tire fire. I could see just, it's funny, the Cardinals. I could. It would not surprise me if they won the division this fall. And it would not surprise me if they were last and everyone mm-hmm. got fired in their cleaning house. Sure. And Kyler's dude, out on a new dude. team next year. Like, none of that would surprise me. Come on, guys. Like... I know I hate the Seahawks. Well, I used to, really. At this point, it's kind of sad. But, like, Drew Locke is bad. Can we just, like, take the audio of me talking about Mitch Trubisky? And just, he might like, be better than Trey Lance, though, in 2022. 
That it's a possibility. It is a possibility. Like, see, that's that's the what in thing. what world do you live in? Swords, this is why your fan base is starting to irritate me, man. Because everybody's just penciling in that Lance is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee. No, like, no, 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 no. No, it has nothing to do with Trey Lance. Drew Locke had an incredible supporting cast around him. He had incredible receivers, and he was still garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll Cortland, see. Cortland Sutton. Remember him? Yeah. Pretty decent receiver. I just could see, like, so you bring in Noah Fant. He knows Noah Fant. He's in the <laughs> trade. You have Noah Fant, DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. That's the great equalizer, Noah Fant. I like Noah Fant. What I'm saying is you have Fant and Disley, who's a good tight end combination. I like that. You have Metcalf, Lockett, and Dwayne Eskridge, who they drafted in the second round this past year, who I liked a lot coming out. So him and Freddie Swain, we'll see who he wins that slot job. Bowl, I liked him. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let, let's just look at... I don't think the Seahawks' of how, offensive skill, like their skill talent is oh, that bad. skill talent's fine. It's just the quarterback yeah. position is a giant question mark, which is never a great but thing. We, but to your point, Jarrett, Evan is penciling in the quarterback situation oh, being fine see, in San Francisco. Uh, hey, and I'm you like, and I are on the same team there, Jason. Yeah. If, <laughs> if Trey Lance, if you only were to take us two and a half games that he played last year, mm-hmm. and you were just to say, baseline, average it out, put this in the ether, that's how he'll play for the rest of the season, which I expect him to play much better. Yeah. That he is significantly better. Trey Lance last year in either of those games was a better quarterback than Drew Locke. Wait, I have Drew a question. What if, what if Baker's cut? This summer, and he signs with the Seahawks outright. What if they would? They would. They would be doing much better than they were with. Drew well, do Locke. you do you like him more? They would. Basically? They they would be better with okay. Baker than they would be with Drew Locke. And I don't think Baker's great, but Drew Locke is bad. Hmm. Drew Locke is another Broncos quarterback that you draft. Big, tall, white guy that sucks. They're <laughs> great at it. They love it. Big, tall. <laughs> like they and like I, once again. They they have Drew Locke right now mm-hmm. because they had no choice. Well, it also might just be Gino. They brought back Gino and he was okay. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah so it might be Gino. But I'm saying, they, like, the only... I just feel I, like there's I, a like, lot how more How am I supposed to have a serious conversation with you guys when you're talking up Gino Smith and Drew Locke? Mm-hmm. Like, you watch both I'll of talk you. You up, watch I'll too talk much football. I'll think. talk up Gino just because he uh, quote tweeted one of my tweets last week. So that, oh, did he? That what was it about? Uh, I started doing a thing where I just tweet out videos, like highlights of random, just amazing quarterback performances. And I did the one where he had a perfect passer rating against the Dolphins in like 2015. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And he appreciated that, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got. Jared. Part of me, part yeah. of me, just really hopes that Drew Locke outperforms Trey Lance now, just for the giggles. Yes, dude. What's even if Trey, even if Trey Lance was mid, was just a very average, like the Kyle Shanahan scheme alone, the receivers, George Kittle, the running game alone, he'll do hear, better. If I hear the phrase "the Kyle Shanahan scheme" one more time, I'm launching myself into the sun. You, you know what? If Kyle Shanahan is the scheme that's sending you there, you're gonna get a thousand yards on the way. What do you? I, Nick Mullins like, is pretty bad in your scheme, and still broke. Like CJ Beathard was pretty bad. Yeah, that's a great example. Look what CJ Beathard did the year with George Kittle, one of the worst quarterbacks of all time. Helped George yeah. Kittle break the tight end <laughs> record. Mm-hmm. Raheem Mostart. You like, can. The point is that you can be bad in Shanahan's scheme as a quarterback. Like you can still be bad. 
<laughs> Trey Lance can absolutely just be a bad quarterback. We haven't seen anything yet. We don't know. Trey, La- Trey Lance could absolutely be a bad quarterback, but logic would mm. not. There, like, there's Jared, nothing. Not, we're not going to sway him on this. This is no, why no. we need Trey. This is why we need Trey there's, Lance to play football games more than nothing, any other quarterback in this league. What have you seen so far to say? I don't think he's going to make it. What have you seen? It's not that. Oh, that's my point. But that's my. It's that's the my certainty. Point. I from some Niners fans. The only no, but like that's the thing. They're certain in the the playbook. We're certain in the surroundings. It, like you haven't seen anything bad from Trey Lance. You've seen some things that well, are like kind of have. You're seeing I was some say, things. The games last year, it wasn't like he was lighting the but league. But the game time. against but, Arizona wasn't great. In the first half right. The game against Ari- yeah, the game against Arizona where they had him running QB draws. QB I mean, draws. if he did that behind Rodgers in Green Bay and you plugged him in for those Jordan Love snaps, like I think we have a different tune about my Trey point Lance is right now. my point is this: the biggest argument so far against Trey Lance is, oh well, we haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But you're like, oh, well, but like that, like assume, like just going to assume that he's bad. Like people just want to, like they're like assuming he's bad because people are confident. Like, but we're not doing that. You're doing the straw man thing. We're saying we're not, we're not doing any of that. You're, you're doing a straw man argument right no, now. No, 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 no. A straw man argument is where I'm saying you are, you are literally right no, you're now saying an argument. No, 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 no. <laughs> that we're back, not having. If you go back 45 seconds ago, you just said Trey Lance could be bad. Yes, but that's not what you just said. What did I just say? You said Start. that we're saying that he's going to yes. be bad. And that's not what we're saying. We're, no, not we're saying, saying we're talking about the possibility that it could happen. I'm just simply saying there's But you're saying s- people are saying that he could be <laughs> well, bad. There are, and there the people are, are no, no, saying. There, but that was the beginning of the con- that was the beginning of the show. Rich Gangarola or c- c- coaches say that Trey yeah. Lance is not good. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't have arm strength, doesn't have long whatever like deep ball accuracy. That was literally the beginning of our show. Right. That's someone saying Trey Lance is bad. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Let me also just say this. I don't think, like, in the grand scheme of things all said and done, I think Trey's going to be fine. I think it's just a matter of how long it's going to take him to reach that. That is what will determine how the 49ers season goes. I think they're going to be exactly what they were last year. Slow start because it's going to take a little bit. There's going to be some growing pains for Trey. And then once he, you know, finds his footing, gains some rhythm and whatnot, I think they'll be around a nine-win team, which is exactly what happened last year. They started off slow. And uh, picked it up at the end. I just don't. I I believe in more teams. In the NFC this year are getting a little bit better, so I think that they'll be on the outside looking in. But that's just my opinion. Jarrett, what can the good folks check out from you on the writing front? Uh, you can check out a lot of and stuff the actually. Front. Yeah, yeah. check the pot out. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff actually. Um, so stuff for all 49ers, um, all Panthers, Bills Central, all of that on Sports Illustrated, uh, Bears Wire, USA Today. You're just uh, writing about every team now. You're just like, yeah, what that's if I just cover every NFL team? You know what? I just had like this weird epiphany. I just felt like I was doing nothing and I needed to change that. So I just you know, I reached out to a few different people and uh, asked, hey, if you need help or if you are taking on contributors, you know I'm here. So a few of them were happy to accept me and let me do that. So yeah. I like I love the idea of you getting in, getting stepping all over Chase Hobbs' turf. I love it. Like, <laughs> take it over. All of it. Wait, what is my turf? What is he taking over? Writing about everything? No, he's writing about all NFL. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, 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 it's just, but a, this is a step. This is step one. Yeah. Oh, right. Is, do I need to worry about this, Jared? Do I need <laughs> no, to I'm Walter White <laughs> on the of my territory? I'm uh, not writing about basketball anytime soon, so don't yeah. don't don't you fret. Wrestling. No, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, wrestling. I, I do do some wrestling stuff at okay. Fightful. 
every once in a while. So yeah, go check that out as well. Why not? Help my friends at Fightful. Uh, but yeah, um, 49ers, Panthers, Steelers stuff at uh, Sports Illustrated, USA Today, Fansided. Uh, the Pump Fake Pod just did an episode today with Matt Vergarama, Fansided. Uh, just talked about uh, the tier list that I did, first of all, uh, which is... I didn't expect that to gain so much traction, but it did. And, you know, Eagles fans and 49ers fans are all mad at me and Giants fans are singing my praises. Um, so, yeah, go check that out as well on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at jbaileynfl. Um, that, yeah, I guess that's all I got to plug. There you go. Evan fired the whole staff at 49ers Hub. He announced last week <laughs> for the summer. <laughs> you, yeah, you actually joke about that. But I don't know. I, I This is, might not even be a, 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 a conversation for the podcast, but, like, Let's save, that, that, Let's save it. Let's save it. I'm just gonna say that whole website needs a revamp. Oh man, I need someone to take it over. Who wants to run a website? Let me know. Get I mean, Garrett's me. right here. I mean, what, what are you paying? I mean, I don't, I don't know, because I like we haven't been paying someone anything, and it doesn't make money. So you know, oh. there's a, there's a conversation to be had about like we need to start running ads on it because we've never cared to do it. And then how much, you know, like there's a whole conversation about what can you do with 15,000 followers and however many views and like what can it be created to a year from now, two years, if you're actually paying attention to it. That's where I'm at. Because right now we're just, it's been doing it for fun for so long. And I'm like, there's something there. Like you could make money off that. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at. Have your people reach out to my people. There you go. All right. Evan, Jarrett, always fun. Thank you so much for making the time. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we will talk again very soon. Cheers, boys. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Chase the Most Podcast. Thank you again to Evan and Jarrett for coming on this edition of the podcast. Uh, If you enjoyed today's episode and you're not already, make sure you go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast so that you never miss a future episode of the Chase the Most Podcast here at Blue Wire Pods. Go check out all the other great shows across Blue Wire Pods. Green Light with uh, Chris Long, um, Spinsters with Haley O'Shaughnessy and Jordan Liggins, um, all kinds of great stuff. Wide Receiver One with Chris Carter, a uh, very stacked cast that we got over at the Blue Wire Pod Network. So go check all those good folks out and all of our great shows um, all across the network. Um, don't forget, folks, you can also read me at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in your email and uh, make sure you never miss uh, any written content from me. Follow us on YouTube, or subscribe, rather. Uh, cannot emphasize that one enough as we keep growing that YouTube page, the Chase the Most Podcast on YouTube. Uh, share them out, all that good stuff. Keep up with our video content there. Email me at chasethemostpodcast at gmail.com. And, yeah, a uh, new episode coming tomorrow. Uh, all that good stuff. Uh, it's 2-2 Preds. Um, it's 2-2 Preds abs as I'm taping this outro for tonight. So uh, we'll see how it goes and if the Preds have another game. Uh, we got Liverpool, Aston Villa tomorrow night. We've got, uh, what else do we got? Braves back later on this week. Uh, balls, big series with the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, sports all the time. Sports. Um, but anyway, uh, more coming soon all across the board. Uh, finals week still uh, here in grad school at the University of Tennessee. So busy week, busy times, but I appreciate you guys bearing with me in the schedule. Uh, as always, new episodes of this very program go up. 3 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time, every day. So it's there for you guys on your morning commutes. So all that good stuff. Uh, Thank you, as always, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Uncle Derek, how'd I do?
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.